Graffiti Radio. Welcome along. You've joined me, Chris Scott, on the Chris Scott Show on FM 105 Down Community Radio. I'm here for the next hour. Thank you for lending me your ears. Starting the programme tonight there with that one from Cool and the Gang. I think all the way back to, what, 1980 or 1981, hit number hit seven for the growth, and it's celebration, and we have lots to celebrate on tonight's show. Uh, we're joined later by the Castle Welland Studio Players with episode 11 of The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan No Middle Name Jackson. Last I heard, they were in a rock pool in Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle County Down in the year 2031. What's all that about? Well, it's written by Anthony McFadden, of course, and do stay tuned, and we'll join them later on tonight's programme. If you can't get to Spain this year, we're going to bring Spain to you. And in just two shakes of a lamb's tail, one of my mum's old sayings, my dad, we're going to join Killalay musician Paddy Anderson, one of the top flamingo guitarists on this island. Uh, Paddy was originally brought up in the Kalinchi area. what's coming up later on in the program recorded a couple of weeks ago in glorious sunshine in my backyard socially distanced great guy and what a talent a pleasure to speak to Paddy you're going to find out all about his life to date and uh, his plans for the weeks and months lying ahead after this on 105 FM and around the world online this is FM 105 Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. There's no other word that I can use tonight but hola. Hola. Do you like that one, Patty? Patty Anderson from Killalay. Thank you for joining me on FM 105 Down Community Radio tonight. Hola, Chris. Good to be here in this Mediterranean weather. Yeah, I mean, we're now sitting, I must say, socially distant at the back of my house recording, and hence the dogs and cats and everybody else is in the background. But, you know, you couldn't beat it. The week is absolutely fantastic. It's it's incredible, you know. I've even jumped in the lock once or twice. That's gone a bit too far. <laughs> Paddy, uh, the reason why I'm speaking to you is I had a look at a, a, one of your Facebook sites, and you're down there as a freelance musician, flamenco guitarist, performer, teacher, composer. What a list. What a list! What you you have to in this in this line of work, you have to be prepared to sort of do anything that comes your way, uh, and so having having more than one skill is useful, you know, and especially in the line of music that I'm in, a flamenco guitar. Um, it's it's some people think is people hear Spanish guitar they get confused between classical and flamenco. Classical generally people are playing pieces written by other people. It's in the European classical tradition, so there's a repertoire. Flamenco is an oral tradition from the south of Spain, and most of uh, most guitarists who play solo like myself have to compose their own pieces. You can play pieces that you've learned from other guitarists, uh, that you've learned by ear generally, because it's not written down, but we have to compose our own stuff. So I wouldn't say primarily I'm a composer, I'm more of a musician, player, guitarist, but I do, I, I compose my own stuff and that's how uh, I express myself through the solo guitar. 
you know, I'm looking at you and I'm going to say you're a young fella. You're a young fella compared with me, Paddy. But, you know, flamenco guitar, where, where did that come from? Flamenco guitar, goodness. Um, you know, my way into flamenco, if I look back, is through languages. I uh, was big into languages. I did a French degree, but I did a bit of Spanish at school. I ended up going to South America for a year teaching English. Got heavily into Spanish, Spanish culture, came back, went to live in Spain. Uh so that was one sort of branch. The other branch was music. I've always been into music. I was a piano player uh, as a young person. In my 20s, I played more piano than guitar, really, in my teens. So I had the music, I had the languages, and it, when I got to Spain and I heard this music that really grabbed me and really suited my temperament, that was when I got the bug for flamenco. And then over the years... Bit by bit, I found myself on this path that has sort of culminated in in now. You know where I'm a full-time flamenco guitarist? The only full-time flamenco guitarist in the north of the island. There are a couple of guys in Dublin uh, who also do it, but it's 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 really, a, a, I would say niche, but I think niche is not doing it justice because it is accessible to a lot of people. People like it, and I do the Latin music in, in my duo Los Dramaticos, that's with Vic, Victor Enriquez, and we have a duo that's been going for about eight to ten years, playing festivals, playing theatres, playing re- residencies in bars, playing all sorts of gigs, mostly uh, in the north, around Ireland as well. So it is accessible, but there's not many of us doing it, mm. because I think for the flamenco guitar, the key is, I think you really have to have lived in Spain. Uh, because that's the way it's passed on. You spent, what, four years in Spain? Am I right in that? I did. I spent four years living in, in Granada, and I spent a few months in Barcelona as well, and a couple of months in Seville. So, I mean, nowadays it is a bit easier to learn because we have YouTube, basically, and as many recordings as we can get our hands on. But when I got there in 2000, 2001, that still wasn't quite at that stage. Um And also, I think, learning from it at first hand in clubs, in venues. Uh, In my case, in Granada, it was in the caves of the Sacromonte, which is sort of the flamenco district of Granada, where, you know, going in there, listening, uh, being told to shut up a million times because you're not ready to participate, even though you want to, and, you know, you've got to be thick-skinned. And the, the flamencos are not... You know, they don't sugarcoat their criticism, let's put it that way. It's like the foreigner doesn't know what he's doing. Take the guitar off him type thing. But if you've got thick skin and you're prepared to put in years, and it's a pa- the, the main thing is it's, it's, it ha- you have to love it and you have to because the time that you have to dedicate to this is not... It's not a small thing. It's, it's you know, it, it's every day for years. Uh, and that's been... You know, many years. <laughs> okay. you, you, you know, we'll, we'll go back first of all. I want to talk about flamenco later on, but yeah. you, you go back to your childhood. Yeah. Do you know, as, as a child when I grew up, I was forced into piano lessons. And that was, say, a Tuesday night with some old man in the corner of his, his front room. And there wasn't any passion. There wasn't any love for it. You know, it was handle, it was back, it was scales, arpeggios, and then it was exams. And, and there was nothing there to draw someone of my age into that. And therefore you give it up. How did you start? Um, I started in the house. You know, my da- I, we always had a piano in the house, and my dad played. 
he you know he, he's not a great musician it was always a hobby but there was always music in the house uh, my mum's not a musician but she sings and we were always encouraged to sing uh, and play piano I always from an early age liked sitting on a stool and working out a tune by ear um, and I eventually I got piano lessons and had very good teachers um, had one very good teacher Michael McGuffin uh, uh, very uh, uh, good professional musician from Belfast sadly died last year um, but he had a great passion for music and the good thing was he and neither him nor my family pressured me into doing exams I didn't do a single exam in piano uh, I was let I was permitted to, to to play by ear I wasn't although I could have done with becoming a, a more proficient sight reader um I wasn't pressured, so although I I didn't have the skills to go to university to study music, I didn't feel after I did A levels, although I did an AS level in music, um, which I partly regret. I think I would have enjoyed that, but the main thing is that I I kept the passion for music and came to it, came back to it later in life. Um, and when 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 kids, you know, because I do teach now, and if I'm teaching, I teach mostly adults, but when I do teach kids, my main mission in my mind is to create a passion and a love for music. The last, I th- if I if I put somebody off music, I failed in my task. Even if they don't become a great musician or they don't take it on for life, the main role of a teacher, I think, is to 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 give somebody a passion for what they're doing, and so they can enjoy it throughout their life, whether they take it on to be a professional or as a hobby or even if they ditch it that they enjoyed it for that period because music's not about suffering if if you're suffering when you're playing you know we're not you're not doing it right or your teacher's not doing it right i'd say whenever you were in your teens it was bros it was brian adams you know when you were 16 you could have followed that path of course i mean i did enjoy rock music pop music i still do but for some reason, I wasn't drawn to it as a musician. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe I wasn't quite extrovert enough to be to, to sort of go straight into the the rock or the pop thing. Maybe it wasn't didn't quite have the uh, bravery, possibly, to just put myself out there as a as a rock guitarist or whatever, uh, or pianist. Although I did end up many years later uh, doing a bit of rock keyboards in a band, actually mm-hmm. based here in Killalea, a band called Sweetleaf. Um, for about a year, I was a keyboard player in that band and had great fun. Um, but you're always drawn back to what your passion is. You know, my passion at that point was increasingly becoming flamenco guitar and Latin music as well. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. We're going to be joining Paddy after this one from Los Dramaticos. I apologise, Paddy, if I have said that wrong. Uh, that's a duet that Paddy's involved in. This one's from the album titled Fire in the Blood, which is available online. Uh, have a look at Paddy's website. You can get um, details of that. This is the second track and one which you may just well recognise. Paddy, I don't think I'm going to even try to pronounce this. as Lorando Safa. Not even sure if that's right. This one dates way back to the 1980s. A big hit in the uh, Latin uh, American circles. You're going to love it.
Part two, the interview with Paddy coming up. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Skipping back to flamenco then, uh, my understanding, it's like an art form almost. It, it incorporates dance, it incorporates music, it incorporates folklore, is that correct? Yeah, so flamenco, um, or what we now call flamenco, is uh, an art form and a way of living. Often flamenco says it's a way of living. It's a whole culture uh, and musical form from the south of Spain, from Andalusia. And um, Andalusia is on the Mediterranean. It's got North Africa just across the Med. And uh, it's had many civilizations passing through there. Um, uh, and at the, in, in medieval Andalusia, there was a great flowering of culture uh, and a great sort of cross-pollinization of cultures because there, were, there, there, were, uh, there was Islam, there was Judaism, and there was Christianity, all bubbling around in there and a little bit later there was also the gypsy diaspora who came from originally from the north of india from the from rajasthan and the punjabi uh, area which is now india and pakistan um they ended up coming up through europe and through the north of africa up into spain so and they had a great influence in in musical culture in andalusia so i think flamenco is a, is is a musical form which takes in all that it takes in Iberian folklore takes in gypsy culture, it takes in North African Moorish culture, it takes in uh, Jewish uh, culture, Christian culture, it takes in the whole lot. And it, like a lot of mixing, I think around the world, if you look at the great musics from around the world, whether it's in the Caribbean, whether it's the blues in North America, whether it's in Brazil with Samba, Bossa Nova, anywhere where there's a great mixing of cultures you often get this incredible flowering of some new product, product a horrible word, some new phenomena mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that springs up in that place. And in the south of Spain, you've got flamenco. It's gone past folklore because now it's a very honed professional craft. And, you know, the technical demands of a flamenco dancer, uh, guitarist or singer is not inferior to anything in the, in the classical music realm or in the jazz music realm, it's gone past sort of folk music, although it still has a folkloric base, and many people in Andalusia play a little bit of flamenco at a, a, a maybe a, a more simple technical level, but still incredible, beautiful, wonderful stuff. Um, so flamenco now operates at pretty much all levels. It operates from the person who picks up a guitar at a party and plays for his family, to the person um, in the most uh, illustrious theatres of Spain and the world doing uh, very, very high-level stuff. So for me, it's a fascinating... And it suits me because I always enjoyed technical work on the instrument, but I didn't enjoy uh, sight-reading. Now... I, I wish I'd got more into it, but it's like anything. You tend to go... The the water flows along the easiest channel. And so things that you're challenged by, I found anyway when I was young, I just put them aside and did what came naturally. Yeah, so yeah. when I found in Spain that there was this music that was so challenging technically and musically, but was passed on by ear, uh, that immediately 
attracted me. And I think also coming from an island like we do here, a lot of us look for... Uh, we're charmed by foreign influences, I think, whether it's travel, whether it's languages, whether it's emigrating to Australia or whether it's going to Europe. Um, you know, we, we, we have quite... Because we're on an island, I think, uh, a lot of us want broader horizons and we get that often through music. You know, a lot of musicians here play music from elsewhere, mostly North America, granted, which is a sort of a more closely related culture, but we do tend to look, I think, for, you know, getting our metaphorical boat, sail off somewhere, yeah. soak up the influences, and it helps us feel freer, mm. that we're not we're not in our little island tribe. Yes. Or tribes, if you know what I mean. Yes. When you were actually out in and Andalusia, I I I picked up your pronunciation there. I yeah. might not just picked it up that way, that correct way, Ava. Yeah, I think in English people say Andalusia, but I can't say Andalusia because I've been out there, so I say Andalusia, which is how they pronounce it. But I think you could say Andalusia yeah. or Andalusia. I guess, Paddy, you were an absolute sponge, so you took everything in, you absorbed everything, the culture, and especially how to play the, the flamenco guitar. You, you'd said there that you're probably one of the only players in the north of Ireland and right across the island, there's not that many. How do you rate yourself now, if you were to go back over there and with, with some of the, the bigger names, you know, where, where are you now? Listen, the standard of playing in Spain is astronomical. And, you know, there are hundreds of amazing players. The, some of them, the cream of the cream, are, uh, you know, they're so inspiring. I can't, I don't judge my, I try not to compare myself to to those guys. You know, a lot of those guys have grown up from the age of three or four in flamenco families, most of them. Um, and for them, a lot of them they could play before they could talk. So me bring, taking this up in my late 20s, early 30s, uh, I have different... Uh, I, listen, it's difficult. We all, it, we all can fall into the trap of comparing ourselves, but you really got to compare yourself to yourself the way you were and how you've developed, you know. Yeah. What I do know is, which is gratifying, is that whereas when I was starting to play in Spain, I was told to put the guitar away, now when I go over, and I, I had an experience recently where I went into a flamenco club, there were people singing, I got the guitar out, started to accompany, and their accompanist who was there every week put his guitar away and said, I'm leaving it to you tonight because you're a better guitar. So it works both ways, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then if you if you do stick at it, develop your skills, show the art form the respect, yes. and they can see that you have worked your ass off. Yeah. To get where you've got to, yeah. then they say, "Right, you're playing tonight," yeah. and and you get the respect. So um, you think you need thick skin, but if you dedicate yourself to it, it will. Uh, people will appreciate that. Okay. If you're taking the piss and trying to up yourself bigger than you actually are, you will be told immediately. <laughs> <laughs> You're a brave guy. Now, can we come to the guitar now? Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I'm just. We'll, we'll, hopefully, you're gonna you're gonna play something for me. Sure. Just now, we're not gonna be uh, super super sound here tonight. But sure. you know what? It'd be nice just to hear how you do it. So I'm gonna be a pupil tonight. Okay. Uh, you know. I have some basis in music, but if I was coming to you off the street, because I know that you're now taking lessons uh, locally right across the province, probably whoever wants to travel, probably over Zoom as well. Absolutely. You know, since the pandemic started, uh, lessons have gone online and also I've upped the lessons because, let's face it, the gigs haven't been happening for a year and a half. So I've had more time uh, and also, let's be honest, more need. Um but I do, you know, I, I don't want it to come across as if teaching is secondary or somehow uh, below uh, performing. But teaching is, I enjoy teaching, you know. I get a lot of satisfaction from it. And um, uh, it's important, you know, it's important. Now, the flamenco thing, most of my teaching, to be honest, is basic guitar skills. Because um, flamenco's hard, you know, and it's if you don't have a context for it, if you haven't been out to Spain, the flamenco classes that I have given are people who've been to Spain, even for a few weeks or on holiday or, or they go out there regularly, but they have it. They can kind of put it in context. So when, when I'm teaching flamenco guitar, they know what a singer sounds like. They know what a dancer looks like. They know the, they know a little bit of the, about the vibe of what it's like to listen to or to experience flamenco. Um, not everybody. Some people just say, "Right, I want to learn flamenco," but the, the, the amount of—it's just a technical reality. If you don't have the time to put into learning even basic flamenco technique, I think you're going to be frustrated. Um, so a lot of the stuff I do—I teach songs um, from around the Spanish-speaking world, Latin songs, Cuban songs. So I, I teach enough technique to be able to play Latin music. And flamenco music, if that's what people, if people have the time to, to get to grips with that. So I meet people on their level, from beginner to advanced, uh, and I try to help them no matter what genre or area they want to go into, and depending on how much time they have to put into it during the week. Someone says to me, "Listen, I've got an hour a week to practice. No problem. Let, I'll I'll make my lessons fit around that." If someone says, "Listen, I I really want to get into this. I've got two hours a day." God, that's amazing. That's unheard of, but brilliant. Let's go for it, you know. Uh, or even if it's just, listen, uh, I want you to teach me some stuff. I can't guarantee that I'm going to be practicing. I'll even do that, you know, because people learn music for different reasons. Uh, and if, if somebody enjoys uh, having a bit of tuition once a week or once every two weeks, you know, that's, that's fine. I'm not going to pressure anybody to do something they don't want to do. Paddy, the flamenco guitar, and, and then there's a classical guitar, left yes. guitars, and the, the full range there. But what, what's the main difference between that, what you have here tonight, and the classical? Do you mean the object itself or the music? Yeah, no, the actual object, the actual first object. of all, yeah. yeah. So the actual object's very similar. They're both based on a design from the mid-19th century in Spain, what we call a Spanish guitar. Um, the different, the main difference would be in the woods that are used and in the, the specific construction inside the guitar. Um, I I don't know enough about it to be able to talk to you precisely, but um, the the construction of a flamenco guitar is generally designed to give a brighter sound uh, with more attack um, uh, and good volume and good uh, volume, good attack, good brightness. 
the, the construction is generally lighter. Um, a classical guitar is generally built for sustain, so the note rings out for a long time, um, and for, to give a sort of a sweet, mellow uh, sound. Now, there's, there are hybrid the flamenco guitars. A bit mine is solo flamenco players often play guitars like my one, which uses Brazilian rosewood, so it uses the wood that classical guitars normally use, but with a spruce top, which is very flamenco, and with a dis flamenco design. So you get kind of a bit of both. You get the attack of a flamenco accompaniment guitar, but with the sustain that you can play solo pieces and let notes ring out for much longer. Strings, nylon strings, you know, metal wine strings. What nylon what would you use? Or um, uh, or carbon. Um, uh, nobody uses catgut anymore, but it's mostly nylon. I use nylon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can get composite strings, which are made of different materials. But yes, as opposed to steel strings, which you would get on a on a most guitars here in Ireland, whether it be Loudon or Avalon or whatever, you're getting a steel string uh, guitar. Mostly, and those guys might do. Sorry if those guys are doing nylon strings, and I don't know about it. But um, this is a flamenco guitar. It's made by uh, Manuel Bellido, who's a, a very uh, well-known guitar maker from Granada. He's in, well into his eighties now, I think. Um, and uh, it's a beautiful handmade guitar from Granada. I'm very lucky to, to own it. And of course, I'm looking at your your right hand here. Uh, it looks plectrum free, free because you grow your nails a certain length, and it's all by plucking the strings, I assume. Mm-hmm. So the vast majority of flamenco players play with their nails. Some of them who can't grow nails end up managing to get a good sound out of sort of calluses on the end of their finger. You can't you can't use plectrums. You have to use your hand because of the different techniques: the arpeggios, the tremolos. Uh, the scales, the picado runs. There are many techniques in flamenco that you you just couldn't do with a, a plectrum. And if you used a plectrum, it wouldn't sound like flamenco guitar. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I use I have nails, as you can see, and uh, I tend to sort of combine uh, nail with a bit of flesh as well on the end, depending on what sound I want to give at that time. You can use more nail or less nail and move your hand around to get a different tone. But um, yeah, my, my technique involves nails, as does the vast majority of flamenco players. Can we have a lesson? Absolutely. Brilliant. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Recorded a few weeks ago there in my back garden with a very, very basic of equipment. But what a sound. Paddy Anderson on flamenco guitar. I'm going to be speaking again to Paddy after this one in the final part of the interview. Bravado. Is that, is that a Spanish word? I don't, I don't know how to describe it that. Sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds good. Thank you. you could, what you could say is ole. Ole. <laughs> ole. Yeah. You, you know what? If there's such a thing as making a guitar sing, you mm. did that. Oh, and, you. and you did it your way as well. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that was fascinating. Just to watch you, how you slide up and down and you hit the, the, um, the board. Is it the board? I'm not sure. The, the soundboard, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much technique there it's uh-huh. you know to get to that standard i mean yeah. if i had any inkling of even trying you know years and years nobody could force you to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to you have to want to that's the 
that's a high standard bar. Listen, thank you. Know. Yes, it is. It is a, for for somebody of, of my background. I think it is a high standard. I think it is a high standard. But you know, that's hours and hours of of work. It's very little talent and a lot of. Fortunately, I'm the type of personality who likes to sit in a room for hours studying. And if you weren't that type of personality, you'd be hard pushed to to do it. You know. Um. Uh, and you know, don't fall into the trap of comparing yourself to. To others, I think that would be the main. Well, you know, the musical journey is a great, uh, it's a great journey to be on, and there are challenges, there are technical challenges, there are emotional challenges, there's time, there's financial challenges, there's all kinds of challenges. But you know, uh, you learn, you learn throughout it, and you, you, it's a good process. You know, that, that young fella sitting in Kalinchi all those years ago, you yeah. never thought you'd be professional. This is going to make money. No, I didn't. I didn't. It wouldn't have occurred to me, you know. It wouldn't have occurred to me. Um, although, you know, when I look back, I see well, this, that's that something has led me to this point, and you know, the, all the influences of your life and all the occurrences of your life, uh, in a way, are random, but also in a way, are in you from an early age. You know, you can see I was into music at a young age. I was into languages at a young age, um, uh, and throughout that whole journey, when I was uh, uh, learning and studying and unable to make any money out of it, I was earning money in other ways. You know, I, I got into teaching English as a foreign language, which is what helped me put bread on the table when I was in Spain. And also, when it, when it, in the years when I got back from Spain in 2007, um, I ended up working in uh, International House, which is a language school in Belfast. So I had a job which... Uh, which I enjoyed and which gave me enough to, uh, and didn't take up too much of my time, so that I could build up my skills and, uh, you know, go from part-time performing to full-time performing. You know, but it's a long journey. So, Paddy, the journey has brought you up to where we are now. We're 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 not quite through COVID yet, but are you back on the road yet? What, what what's happening? Listen, things are just the last couple of weeks. Things have started to trickle in. Um, a couple of weddings, uh, a couple of private gigs, which you know I'm, I enjoy doing, and I'm very happy to do them. That's part of part of what I do, and part of what we do as a duo in the Latin in the Latin duo. Um, uh, in terms of the solo stuff, I've just in the last couple of weeks organised a gig in Killalay in the Han Sloan, Sir Han Sloan Centre. Um, which is going to take place on the 30th of September. It's a Thursday evening at around 7 o'clock. And we're going to be promoting that from, in a couple of weeks' time, start promoting that. So if you keep the an eye on the Sir Hans Sloan website and on my Facebook. So I've got Paddy Anderson, Flamenco Facebook, and uh, and the, the Los Dramaticos, which is the duo, uh, Facebook. Uh, I've also got websites for... Me solo and websites for Los Dramaticos. So things are starting to come in. Um, with the duo, we've recently, very recently, uh, organised a residency um, on Saturdays in Santeria Cocktail Bar on uh, Fountain Street in Belfast, which is going to be running on Saturday nights from the 31st of July from 6 to 8 in the evening. So things are starting to come in, thank goodness, you know, because it's been a long, dry year and a half 
Um, so it's fantastic and teaching, obviously. Paddy, for anyone who wa- wants to hear some of your stuff, I mean, YouTube's quite handy now. Yeah. Well, websites, uh, perhaps Facebook sites, what all's out there? What, what can we look at? Yeah. So for, for the Jew, for the Latin stuff, uh, we have quite a bit on YouTube, but we also have a CD on for sale on Bandcamp, which you can download or we can send you a hard copy as well. It's called Fire in the Blood, and we did this, this CD as part of a tour that we did in twenty nine end of 2019, just before everything went pear-shaped. Um, uh, we did a tour of theatres uh, around the north, and, uh, uh, sold, and, and we recorded the CD. So... Um, you know, uh, we've got that. We've got a YouTube channel. I've got, in terms of my solo stuff, I don't have a CD recorded yet, but I have quite a number of uh, videos on my YouTube channel and on my website, paddyandersonguitar.com. So you can hear me there. Check it out. And if you're interested, come along to a gig. Keep an eye on my Facebook page. And uh, if you want lessons or or anything, get in touch. Brilliant. I, I noticed uh, recently on one of your Facebook sites you've taken the delivery of a piano recently in the Calaria. Ah, yes, yes. This is the piano that I learned on as a kid. My parents, who live in Kalinchi, um, no longer wanted the piano, and uh, I took, I, I inherited it. You know, so brilliant. It's a hobby for me. The piano. It's not something that I would take out uh, in any serious fashion. Um, but you know, since the guitarist has started to figure more in my professional life uh, I sort of need stuff on the side that I can do without any pressure on myself to sound good or uh, to please myself or to satisfy whatever standard I want I don't you know I play the piano standard goes out the window it's just enjoy myself so that's it's nice to have that in the house you know Paddy can I thank you so much for your time tonight uh, and I would be looking forward to speaking to you again in the future, no doubt. That would be fantastic. It's been a pleasure, Chris, any time. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Fantastic stuff there. What can I say, Paddy? Uh, gracias. Is that right? <laughs> Go and have a look at Paddy's work if you're interested on the Paddy Anderson Flamenco Guitar Facebook site or on his other Facebook site, Los Dramaticos. Hopefully I have pronounced that right. And apologies, Paddy, if I haven't. And do keep an eye out in the Santa Ria Cocktail Bar in Fountain Street in Belfast. Paddy will be taking up residency there in that duet, Los Dramaticos. Hopefully that's right. Uh, each Saturday between 6 and 8 from the 31st of July. Now it's over to the Castle Welland studio players for episode 11 of The Amazing Ventures of Jonathan, no middle name Jackson, written by Anthony McFadden. Enjoy, folks. On 105FM and around the world online, this is FM 105. Welcome to another episode of The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan, no middle name, Jackson. Last week, our trio collected the Eye of Kia from the Taylor of Swift and had just left her store when they were surrounded by a swirly, twirly, wavy thing that transported them to the rock pool in Newcastle in the year 2031. Whilst we wait for the rider to find a way back home for the three of them, which he could have done by now, had he not spent all last week with Caroline. Jonathan 
Samantha and Donna decide to enjoy themselves and take in the sights. Such a lovely day for a stroll along the seafront, arm in arm, isn't it, Jonathan? Yes, it is. Although, do you think you could loosen your grip slightly? I'm starting to lose the circulation from my elbow downwards. If that swirly-twirly thing comes back, I don't want you sucked off without me. Don't worry, Donna. I'm sure you will be there if that happens. Jonathan, this sea air is making me hungry. Do you know what I really fancy? Some fish and chips. I'm not sure that's possible, Samantha. I can't see any fish and chip shops anywhere. Surely there must be one somewhere. After all, we are at the seaside. Purely by chance. The wind has blown a leaflet into my hand, advertising John Mack's traditional fish and chips. I'll ask that man coming towards us where it is. Excuse me, can you tell me where the shop is, please? Quickly, put that away. If anyone sees you with that around here, there's no telling what they will do. What who will do? The McCann's. The who? McCann's fish and chips. It's their territory. What do you mean, their territory? This whole area from Toscano Pisaria, all the way along the South Promenade, belongs to them. Whereas John Mack's territory starts from the Black Box Donuts and runs back along the Main Street. If you're caught eating a takeaway from a rival in either territory, nasty things will happen. How can fish and chip shops have a territory? Surely people can eat their food wherever they want? Not since the Great Ship War of 2029. Now you're just making stuff up. I think you may well be right there, Samantha. I'm not. I promise. The writer may be, but I'm definitely not. Let me tell you all about it, as I had only a small part in last week's episode. It all started on the 20th of July, 2029. A shop belonging to McCann's was burnt down one night. The police said it was an electrical accident due to fried wiring. Although the McCanns were gutted by the loss, they smelled something fishy and accused John Mack of being solely responsible. Well, that was it. There were fights almost every night. Customers loyal to either McCanns or John Mack's were battered senseless by each other. Some of the fights were even put up on Facebook and hundreds would tune in to watch. God, it was awful. This went on for months before a truce was called and the seafront was divided in two. Customers from opposing sides would not be allowed to eat their food in the territory of the other. Each must stay in their own place. You managed to squeeze a lot of fish references in there. I did my best. So, do you still want the fish and chips, Samantha? Funnily enough, after that explanation, I'm no longer hungry. Jonathan. That postal delivery person just handed me two envelopes addressed to you. The letters are from my father and uncle. They both say that they are putting these letters into storage to be delivered to me in the year 2031. I won't even ask how they knew we would end up here. What else do they say? That we have to return to the rock pool where we will find our next item. It was hidden behind tiling back in 1933 when the rock pool was first built. But how will we know where to look? Apparently, the man who hid it will meet us there. Narrator, it's your turn. Whoops, oh, sorry, I was miles away. Uh, where were we? 
uh, Rockpool, old man. Okay, so Jonathan, Samantha, and Donna return to the Rockpool where an old man of 130 is waiting for them. Where you been? I travelled all the way from England to be here today, and you keep me waiting for ages. I'm not getting any younger, you know. Kids these days, no respect for their elders. When I was a lad, I would always make sure that... <laughs> I think he's fallen asleep. Donna, give him a shove. That I would turn up on time, no matter what the circumstances. Yes, well, uh, we're here now. So if you can please show us where you hid the item, we'll leave you in peace. Rush, rush, rush. You youngsters are all the same. You never have time for <coughs> He's gone again. Donna, you know what to do. To stop and listen to a story of an artifact. One that you will need to know for the next episode. Oh, no. Not another story. Please. Oh, I don't know. This one might actually be funny. This is a story of a small jar, the very same small jar that I now hold in my hand because of a continuity problem that the writer encountered when he got to the end of my part. In this jar is a cream, but not just any cream. This is a special cream, one that will protect you from the harmful rays that will cause damage to your skin before the end of this sketch. That is, unless you completely cover your bodies in this cream right now. And? And what? You know what? Where did the cream come from? This very special cream. This cream that you will find invaluable if we ever make it to the end of this episode was given to me for safekeeping so that I might pass it on to you by the famous Japanese magician, Son Tan Lo Zhen. Oh, God. My mistake. It wasn't funny. Right. On that note, I think it's best if you just pass that jar to me now, and you can go back to whatever corner of the writer's mind you came from. Oh, can't, can't I just watch you put on the cream? And when I say you, I mean the two ladies. No, you can't. It's not fair. I'm 130 years old, and it's been decades since I last saw a time to go. Now, I'm going, I'm going. All I wanted was one little peep. Not much to ask when you get to my age, but no, no, you can't look. Spoil, spoil. Well, I suppose we should put the cream on. Samantha and Donna take off their clothes and rub the cream all over their long, slender thighs, and... Excuse me, can you please turn around? Sorry, sorry. I, I, I wasn't looking. I was just, um, uh, uh, sorry. I must say, now that we have our clothes back on, there is an awful smell from this cream. And here's me thinking that it was just you. Donna is right. There is a terrible smell from this cream. And I don't see how this helps us find the next item. Unless, of course, we follow the instructions written on the back of the jar that tells us where to go. 
I don't want to alarm anyone, but there are four big, rough-looking women wearing We Support McCann's t-shirts heading straight for us. They must have heard about the leaflet you had. Oh dear, there's nowhere to hide. Can we help you? Are you the ones with the John Mack leaflet? Who's asking? I'm Sting, that's Small Eye, that's Spotted, and that's Thornback. We call ourselves the Four Rays. We are loyal customers of McCann's, and we'll do harm to anyone with a John Mack leaflet in our territory. What the? Oh my, uh, what is that disgusting smell? Ugh. It's you three. Come on, girls. Let's get out of here before that smell makes me throw up. The women depart just as the swirly-whirly thing returns and transports Jonathan, Samantha, and Donna back to 1971. Well, at least the old man was right about the cream. In what way, Samantha? It did its job and protected us from the harmful rays. Join us next week for another episode of The Amazing Adventurers of Jonathan, no middle name, Jackson. In that episode, Mark Madanupney played the narrator, Michelle Dorans played Samantha Smallwood, Siobhan Miller played Don of the Druid, Anthony McFadden played Jonathan Jackson and the Old Man, Harry Mitchell played the man on the street, with Kate Dornan playing Sting Ray. The writer was Anthony McFadden. You're listening to Chris Scott. On FM 105, Down Community Radio. A big thank you again to Castlewell and Studio Players. How do they do that? Come up drums every time. Uh, next week we'll be listening to episode 12 of The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan, no middle name Jackson. If you're interested in joining the Castlewell and Studio Players, have a look at their Facebook site. Uh, you, who knows? You could be the next superstar. You could be writing for radio. You could be doing absolutely anything with those guys. Uh, superb. And thank you again. I'll be on our next week again on the Chris Scott Show between 7 and 8 p.m. next Wednesday night. Uh, and that's also repeated on Sundays between 8 and 9, just in case you miss it first time round. Also, the highlights go on to SoundCloud uh, each week or each every other week, more or less. Again, thank you so much to Killalaise Paddy Anderson for joining us tonight with his flamenco guitar. How am I going to beat that next week? I have no idea. But do look Paddy up on Facebook if you want any more details of that. He is doing guitar lessons. Um, what can I say? Uh, stay safe uh, until next week. Uh, do stay tuned to FM 105 Down Community Radio. Here for your ears only. I'm going to leave you this one. <laughs>